Imagine you owned a vase made of pure gold. Do you know how valuable that would be? A pastor in South Asia says we can be like that vase, valuable for God's service. But in order to be made pure and reliable like that gold, we need to expect the purifying fire of suffering. He also wants us to be pure, be purified. So he wants to send us in the fire, in the burner, to make us really pure. So if we don't experience the burner, we cannot be a true vessel, a solid vessel. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, we have a special guest this week. I am actually on the road. We're not in our studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and uh, I'm not going to tell you where our friend is from. We're going to call him Brother Matthew, and he is from South Asia. That's as specific as we'll get. Uh, living in a Muslim country in South Asia, and has really an amazing testimony of God's faithfulness. So I know you're going to enjoy and be encouraged by him. Brother Matthew, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much for uh, for the invitation and uh, hearing my story today. <laughs> Tell me how God called you to ministry, because uh, I know early in your life you were in a Christian family, at some point, you came to a personal knowledge of Christ. How did God lay his hand on you and say, hey, I have, I have plans for you. You need to follow me. I was working as a Bible translator. Before that, I actually dedicated as a pastor. And the church did not have money to support me. I couldn't serve in a church as a pastor. So I worked five years as, as a Bible translator. And one day, I was on a motorbike going back to my home. That was a time when I heard from God on a motorbike experience. And he said, are you doing the work I have assigned you to do? And I said, yes, God, I'm doing. What else? You know, I wanted to be a pastor and there was no money. So I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing Bible translation to reach the majority community. So he said, that's right, but I have called you to lead my people. And I said, God, that's right, but I cannot leave my job. So give me a sign. And then I said, God, okay, tell me one more thing. Why are you calling me? There are, there are so many people. And he said, I have called so many people before to take care of my children and uh, build my house. But they are worried about their own children and they are building their own, their own houses. I have called you to build my house and I'm going to build your house. You take care of my children and I'm going to take care of your children. That was the time I said, God, then give me a sign so I can really understand it's you because it's hard for me to leave the job, you know. And he said, go to these people and, uh, and they have, you know, certain problems in their lives. They, are, they have some challenges and uh, you speak to them. So he gave me actually a prophetic word for these people and I spoke to their lives and they really, they really admitted what, what was happening into their life. They confirmed and that's how we started a prayer, prayer group and later it become a church. I want to go back even further 
When you were a young child, you had a stuttering, you had a speech impediment. Obviously, that would make it difficult to be a pastor. I actually came to Christ when I was 14 years old. I was 16 when I started leading a choir. We were in a prayer group and a Bible study uh, time together with the youth in our youth group. So a friend of mine, he was making fun of each other, and there was no leader. There was no youth leader in that day in the in the youth group. So I stood up. I said, hey, guys, don't make fun of each other. We are here to pray and to do Bible study. And the guy knew that I, must, I was a stutterer, and he said, hey, so uh, the teacher is not here, so why, why should we not make fun of each other? You know, let's, make, let, let, let's have fun. Otherwise, he said, why don't you preach today? If you are so concerned about Bible study and prayer, I said, okay, I can do it. So I took my Bible, and I started reading Bible. And before I could not read Bible, even a single sentence was very difficult for me to read. So I stood up and I read Bible, and I felt that something happened. I start reading fluently, and I then start explaining the Bible, that verse, and I learned that my tongue is healed, and God miraculously healed my tongue. And I actually spoke probably, probably 10 to 15 minutes, and everybody in the room was shocked. And uh, that's how God just, you know, changed everything. It's hard to argue with that, with that kind of a anointing and calling. It's like, hey, okay, Lord, I mean, if, if you healed my tongue, I will use it for you. One of the things that you have done in ministry is, uh, alongside your wife, ministered to women in your country. Talk a little bit about why that's so important uh, and how that, that really changes a whole family. Instead of just reaching one person, you reach a whole family by reaching the wife, the mom. Just talk a little bit about why that's important and why that works so effectively to share the gospel and to strengthen the church. In our context, if we really want to reach the nation, uh, we have to understand uh, that majority of the people in our country, women are in the majority. You know, they are more than 50% women. So a man cannot speak to a woman. My wife had this passion when we first lost our church. And uh, my wife has this passion to reach women. She believes that, you know, if we reach a woman, we can reach other women. And we can reach children. And we can reach the entire family. So she thought, if we reach a woman, there is a possibility to reach the entire family. Then we can impact the entire culture. Talk a little bit about what your ministry was, and how it came about that suddenly you were threatened. I mean, there was personal threats against you. What led up to that, and then uh, what happened when the threats actually came? What happened is where I used to live, there was a church. So an extremist group came, and they, uh, you know, gunshot uh, at the church. Uh, they tried to, you know, create a fear into the Christian community. So there was a great fear. They gunshot. They broke Christians' properties and tried to burn a few things and everything. So everybody was very scared. So Christian also came out and they also start doing protest and things like that. And the, so the police came to stop. So these extremist group already attack on us. On the other side, police came and they reported against Christians. 
and uh, everybody was scared in the in the Christian community. So I said, hey, we should do something about it. We should be a voice of these people, and you know, we should come out. We should speak to the government. We should, you know, go to the majority community. And I think it's important for people to understand the law protects you. I mean, you you have freedom according to the law to meet to hold services so when you say that it's not like you were doing something illegal you were having a church service which is protected by law so then you wanted to say to the government hey protect us i mean the law says we can do this so please protect us when we're doing what the law says is okay so that was the whole point to really encourage the christian leaders i mean that was not my church that was another pastor's church so I actually said, hey, pastor, if you don't come, if you don't stand, I'm with you. And I also gathered some other pastors, some other local Christian political leaders, and we went to the Muslims, uh, Muslim uh, politicians' homes, and you know, we talked to them, and we tried to start create an awareness that Christians are being persecuted and being forced to send to the, to the jail and things like that. And on the other, other side, the government is not... The police is not, you know, helping us, and the other side, the extremist group is. So I become very prominent in that whole kind of movement. So I did not know that I was noticed by some people. So a few months later, I receive a letter, and uh, it was a death-threatening letter from the extremist group. I think they were one of these people who were noticing what I was doing in that peace movement. So I want to dig into that a little bit. You open this letter... (laughs) And it basically says, if you keep doing what you're doing, yeah. we're going to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say, yeah. what was in your heart and what was in your mind as you read that letter and, and just thought about what it meant? I really smiled because I knew that whatever you saw, you will reap. The thing was that I was reading this letter and my wife was standing there and she said, show me what is in the letter. So, hey, I mean, this is not something to show you, but she just kind of read this letter. And I was not very much concerned about the letter, but my wife, because she saw it, she really become more emotional and panicked and, you know, all those things. So in two days later, they literally gunshot at my brother, and uh, he was saved, but his friend got injured by the bullet. And uh, so the bullet is still still in his jaw. I, you know, it's really weird. So the letter came. You're thinking, you know, it's a letter. Yeah. Two days later, your brother is in a gunfire attack. He's not hit, but his friend is. At that point, did you start to think, oh, wait a minute, this this is serious? Yeah, I, I really realized something is wrong. <laughs> something is really bad. And uh, my pastor came to me, who's my, who was my associate pastor on that time, and he said, brother, you need to leave the country. And my wife, she freaked out. She was crying. My mom came. She was crying. They called my uncle from, from the other city. So everybody from my family just crying. And they really motivated me to leave the country. So... I came into the United States for some time, so I was here for two weeks, and I was praying, what should I be doing now? The bad thing is God was not speaking to me, and I was more afraid than the extremist group 
those were persecuting i said god it's more fear than those people who was trying to you know kill my brother or kill me and if you don't speak this is this is not good this is more fear than them and i said god if you don't speak to me it's better to go back live in the hell where you speak than in a heaven where you don't speak so that was a moment god really spoke to me and he said are you worried about your four kids and your bride look back how many children do i have and my bride did i quit that country i said no and he said then go back be faithful i'm with you and when i went back i was you know uh uh you know uh, doing my accounting that how much money i spent over here and i counted uh, my days as well and i realized there were 40 days that i spent in the united states and i said praise god it was not 40 years it was just 40 days and uh, after one week i had this news in the television that the head of the extremist group that their big leader was killed so after his death uh, the small groups of the extremist groups those were exist in the in our country they were scattered so on that time when i was threatened by the extremist group we had 11 churches now we have 50 plus churches and uh, i have we are working in different cities now uh, we are able to see guards move in our country uh, we see favor of god i just want to encourage people that you know when you, whenever you face persecution or even opposition you know if god is with you you know this is true i'm telling you if god is with you he's more concerned about his church than me and you so we should be faithful and if we are faithful he's going to build his church it's interesting my wife and i have been reminding each other that god loves our children more than we do exactly. and we love them a lot but but he loves them even more We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Matthew. He is from a Muslim nation in South Asia. We are intentionally not being more specific than that to protect him and to protect his ministry. Matthew, one of the things that we often talk about on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is sharing the gospel with Muslims. We have listeners here in America who have a Muslim neighbor or a Muslim coworker or a Muslim fellow classmate. they want to lead that conversation towards sharing their faith and sharing about Christ. Mm-hmm. You live in a Muslim country. How how would you advise us as Americans to build a bridge that that we can be ministers of the gospel to Muslims right here in the US? Uh what I see a problem in the church that when we go to the church on Sunday, we are so spiritual. And what how we live our lives are not so attractive to anyone especially if he's a muslim uh we should be declaring and demonstrating the gospel through our words and what we do and how we live so we should create a culture where we live a culture mean how how you live right mm-hmm. so that might be an attraction for anybody 
not just Muslim, for anybody who lives around us. And then they will ask question. I mean, what is your belief? You know, what God do you follow? I mean, which church you go? Why you do this? So what I would say, if you start loving your people, even if they are Muslim or whoever, that's the key. So how can we reach them? Of course, love them. How should we love them? As you love yourself. So those are the standard we have to keep in our brain. How do you, how do you prepare the people in your churches to stand up under persecution? Uh, because you live in a Muslim country, you know, per, you've been threatened yourself. You know, persecution could come. How do you, how do you train people? How do you strengthen them so that when persecution comes, they stand strong instead of scattering? I think the first thing is. I really wanted to set an example. So I, first of all, my life is an example to them. I mean, there are many leaders who has quit uh, the journey, you know, quit this race, uh, quit, our, uh, quit the country because of the persecution. They were persecuted or they were, afraid, they were afraid to be persecuted. So first of all, my life is an example for them to stay, live in the country, face the persecution, pray in the situation and uh, then I really encourage them you know if you really want to be a Christian you should face persecution there is no other way so persecution is actually also a fuel to unite and prepare the bride for Christ if you don't have persecution you cannot taste the real Christianity <laughs> I'm telling you Christianity is not fun it is fun as well, but it is also a, a, a hardship, a challenge to live a life and deny a life that other people live. Well, and one of the things we forget is that, you know, Christ called us to take up our cross. That's a, an instrument of torture and execution. It's, it's not a... It's not a you know, a soft pillow, take up your pillow. No, he said, take up your cross. So as you say, following Christ involves challenges. It involves hardship, and we should be ready for that. I think that's one of the blessings the church in your nation has that maybe the American church doesn't have is they know that. They understand that very well. Oh, yeah, following Christ, that involves hardship. That involves suffering. In America, we often think, oh, following Christ, that, that means everything's great in my life. Everything's fine all the time. That's one of the blessings and maybe one of the lessons that we need to learn from our brothers and sisters living in hostile and restricted nations is just what it means to suffer for Christ. Yeah, and I also want to you know, share that if anybody really follow Christ, he should understand that Christ said, anybody who follows me, you know, he should... You know, he should follow me and where he goes when you follow him he went to the cross and then after cross the ending is really good but you have to go as well to the cross and then you will get to the destiny one thing i i would say is very important as a believer that we would have good times but we would also have hard times 
sometimes you know when we accept christ we think okay me i might be healed i might have more finances coming in my life i might have a good job i might have a good wife or a, a good spouse you know uh, yeah those are the cool things that god does that's a miracle that god is you know really want to do but he also want us to be pure be purified so he want to send us in the fire in the burner to make us really pure you know so if we don't experience the burner we cannot be a true vessel a solid vessel if we don't if we don't experience the burner we cannot be a solid gold you know what i mean yeah pure 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 gold Brother Matthew, thank you for sharing with us today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for your ministry. I, I know we can't identify your country, so let's talk kind of South Asia in general. One of the things we always try to do is equip our listeners to pray. So help us to pray effectively for the people in your country and in that region. How can we pray for them? Please pray for the boldness uh, for my people. and pray for our ministry it's hard to do ministry when the majority of christians lives in slums and uh, they they don't have education they don't have uh skills and uh, you know so please pray for the nation uh, we are actually hoping to start after school programs and for that we really want to train christian children and youth so the majority community don't recognize us as uh, untouchables you know or nothing so my heart and my goal is to really unite churches the local churches and uh, unite churches here in the US to really motivate them to help us to start after school programs and plant life giving churches and uh, please pray for this uh, and uh, that might be really helpful if you pray and stand with us thank you we invite you to join us this week in praying for the people of south asia both praying for our christian brothers and sisters who are working and ministering there uh, but also praying for the majority peoples there that they will come to faith and, and know christ in a personal way so i want to encourage you this week to pray especially for that region of the world Brother Matthew, thank you for sharing your testimony. I'm so thankful for the work that God has called you to and that he allows you to do. Thank you for sharing with our listeners this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Uh thank you brother for uh, giving me opportunity to uh share the voice of uh, my country, voice of the Christian living in my country. And I thank you for your radio and for your organization how they are uh bringing the voice those who not have voice thank you you know that's always our goal every week here on VOM radio to offer a voice for the voiceless to let them share their stories with you you've been listening to the voice of the martyrs radio if you missed any part of our conversation you can hear it again at vomradio.net Also when you come to our website you can hear all of our archived episodes of VOM Radio. You can subscribe to our podcast. 
You can send me an email or place a phone call to me to tell me what you thought of the conversation today with Brother Matthew. All of that is online at our website, vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to learn about Afghanistan and get to know a brother who has lived and worked and spread the gospel in that nation that is so marked by war and struggle. Let's ask God to give us his heart for Muslims. He loves Muslims. Let's ask him to pour love in our heart for them. Secondly, if we know Muslims, co-worker, neighbor, whatever the context is here in the United States, let's pray specifically for them that God would then open up opportunities for us to express his love that's now in our hearts you know, for them. And that could come in many different ways. I mean, sometimes you're in the grocery line and you see someone who looks a little bit differently. Sometimes it could just be saying, hello, how are you? I know you'll want to hear the stories that he has to share. So be sure you're back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.